Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Laundry. We are back on the Real Triathlon Podcast. It is a lovely day outside, and I am joined with Jackson Laundry and guest host, Leslie Smith. Leslie, how are you doing? I'm not going to ask Jack because he's always around. <laughs> uh, I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. I'm in kind of the last big week of training before Challenge Miami here in Boulder. Um, I will be far from heat acclimated, but that's okay because I'm just excited to not be cold for a little bit. Awesome. Are you excited for Challenge Miami? Uh, yeah, I am. I, I'm excited just to... I mean, really, I, I'm excited just to have a trip um, somewhere warm again and just have the opportunity to race in an environment similar to Daytona where it's all inside the racetrack and everyone has COVID tests, everyone's at the same hotel, that, that sort of scenario worked out well. So I, I'm just looking forward to the opportunity to race and, um, and again, have a, have a trip somewhere warm. Nice. I cannot wait to watch all the real triathlon squad members throw down. Unfortunately, Jack and I will not be joining us, but anybody that listens to the podcast regularly knows that because we complain about it every time. Yeah. So that means more fitness for us. Hopefully more time to build fitness. Yeah. Next one. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to be way to look at it. You're going to be in a tough, tough battle there with everyone in the sport. So that'll be awesome. But Yep. You didn't seem to back down from that at Daytona. You had a pretty good race, almost clawing your way back into that top 20. Um, what's your goal for Miami? Do you have a goal or is it kind of just first race? Let's get after it and see what happens. Well, I like having different levels of goals. So my first goal is what you just said is just to just go and well, kind of what you said is just to go and have a positive experience and have a fun trip and just be excited about racing. But I would say, I mean, it would be great to be in the top 10 at this race. I think that would be a big accomplishment because it's not quite the depth of field of as Daytona, but it's still pretty solid, like you said. Um, so I, I think top 10 would be awesome. Nice. I think you can do it. Put a number on it. And uh, it's a little shorter, so that's yep. kind of interesting. Have you done, like, I know obviously you've done a lot of halves. You've done a few... Ironmans have you done much shorter than a half you know when I was first doing triathlon I I, I to be fair when I look back it, it probably was not what I should have been doing but when I was first getting into triathlon I did a lot of the like high V and lifetime series races so the non-drafting Olympic and my swimming was very very um subpar compared to everyone and I would like a chance now at this time to do that type of racing again, but unfortunately it's not really around anymore. So I think that this is about as close as we can get to that for now, for the most part. I, I did a race in China in 2019 that was Olympic distance, but there's just not very many of them. Oh man, I miss the non-drafting Olympic distance racing. That was awesome. Yeah. Garrick and I loved those races. Garrick got a podium at one of those in <laughs> um escape series not des moines it no, was um oh, it was washington washington yeah and you let out of the water didn't you i did lead out of the water this first time leading out of the water actually the only time because technically starkey beat me last time out of the water by like 0.02 seconds 
Yeah. Dude, I didn't know that, Garrick. That's impressive. And then the next year I went and I was like, oh, I'm going to crush this race. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. And then it got freaking canceled the day before the race because of flooding. I remember that. Drove all the way down there and just, just that happened. Yeah. It's too bad it's gone. They had some like iconic races, just like, like try, well, it used to be Tri Rock Philly and then it was Escape Philly. Um, and then, yeah. And then the Washington race, which was awesome because it's in Washington, DC, like downtown. And you got to buy, you bike by like the Pentagon, um, but the Lincoln Memorial and like all these cool, all these cool spots. Yeah. yeah. And now it's canceled because nobody cares about anything shorter than half Ironman. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Cause I remember, um, I remember doing like cap techs when I was, that was the one that was around and it used to be a really big race when I was living in Austin and getting into, tri- into triathlon and then, you know, the whole high V series and the high V race itself was really big. Yeah. In my home state, that was nice. And it just kind of, yeah, it's unfortunate those aren't around anymore. Yeah. That was kind of what like was the big goal for me when I was like starting as a pro, like I want to make it to high V. I want to do the lifetime series and all that. And then like, once I got good enough to do them, they were gone. <laughs> <laughs> so the, yeah always changing the sport and you just as we know now like you have to adapt and just do what's available so for this year we've got challenge miami we've got hopefully 70.3 texas and then some other fulls and halves before the mid part of the season there uh in june may yeah before may there's a couple a couple full ironmans and a couple halves so see if those happen on the calendar yeah so speaking of ironman guys Let's roll into the topic of today. So today we're kind of going to go over, <clears throat> we're going to say scams in triathlon. Uh, we're kind of just saying that as like, I don't know, clickbait <laughs> because it's kind of a gray area. And I think a lot of stuff is gray area. So first topic we're going to cover right now is recovery products. This is like, I would say this is the biggest gray area in our sport that people in terms of marketing and all these companies market something like, man, 50% performance enhancing benefit if you buy this product for only $12,000 <laughs> and, and stuff like that. So we don't need to call out anything in particular. There are some obvious scams that maybe we'll call out. Uh, but what do you guys, if you have something on your mind, let me hear it. <laughs> uh, somebody's pointing at me. Okay, so... Um, let's see, like, yeah, like you said, there's a ton of different recovery products that you can use and just recovery methods and recovery treatments and just an insane amount of things that you can try to do. And I think like without even going into anything in specific, people always want that quick answer and that quick fix. So if somebody's got a sore calf or whatever, they're going to be like, Oh, I'm going to go get this massage gun. And it's going to like, fix my calf because it's going to just release all the, you know, it's going to loosen it up and then it's just going to be better the next day. And the generally speaking, if something's sore, that means it's actually like just sore. It's been overused, it's been overworked and needs rest. And that's the main thing that is always going to help. So I just like to caution people to not think that something's just going to fix your problem because chances are you just need rest if you have a little niggle or injury or yeah, sometimes a little bit of stretching or 
foam rolling or massage gun can help. I have a massage gun and I love it. Um, but if you're really sore and you think you can just smash it out with a massage gun and be fine, that's not necessarily the case. That being said, massage gun specifically, I actually do like them because I think the simplicity of it just makes people more likely to do something than to just sit and not do anything like doing a stretching routine or even foam rolling is like pretty difficult. Like you have to, it's almost like a core workout. Like you have to actually be engaged. Whereas if you're sitting and watching TV and you know, your quads need to be loosened up and you use your massage gun, like that's probably a positive thing. Is it going to fix everything? Probably not. But um, I think they're probably overall a, a pretty good technology for someone who's kind of lazy. What do you guys think about those in particular? Do you like them? Hate them? Don't have one? Don't care? I, I don't have one. I mean, it's not something I would probably go buy, but I feel like, yeah, again, it was, it's just not something I would really think about because I, I agree with you that that might feel good just because everyone likes getting a massage, right? So anything that mimics that at all, I just think it's going to make you feel better just even if it's just mentally and you're a little bit relaxed or it feels good when someone or something is rubbing your muscles. Um, but it's just, I don't see that as like worth my time, effort, money is that it's going to make this like huge improvement in my life. They're about, they range between like a huge amount, but it's, some of them are up to like 500 bucks. I think they're pretty yeah. expensive. I mean, again, I'm sure it feels great. And I wouldn't, if someone was like, here, try this, I, I would do it. I, it's just not something I've really thought about as like something big that would make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. For me. So coming from a scientific perspective, there are two things that are absolutely 100% proven to enhance performance. That is sleep and food. Yeah. So anything else on top of that, I, I kind of look at it like skeptically uh, because I think like, I don't know if beating the crap out of your muscles is like an effective way of helping them. I understand that like, it feels good and stuff, but again, a lot of these products come out and I'm not saying massage guns are bad, but I know a lot of these products come out and they make these claims based on these studies that perhaps may have skewed some of the data or have it a low sample size. And then they, they market based off of that, that they funded. And that always kind of leaves me with like a, a sour, bitter taste in my mouth. And I just, I don't know because I've seen so many products show up that claim these incredible performance enhancements. And then they fade in the next, within like two, three years, or they change the claim of what they do exhibit a compression socks oh yeah i when remember when they were supposed to be 30 percent more running efficiency or something like yeah. that yeah they they thought you're supposed to be way more economic like you're running way better and all that and historically people wore compression socks all the time nurses wore them uh people with poor circulation right. wore them and that was scientifically proven to help like when you're you're on your feet all day and and that's fine but then they claim to have these performance enhancing benefits, right? And the reason I'm kind of tying this in with um, recovery is because they may have some recovery benefits to them, but they have been shown time and time again, study after study to say there's no performance enhancement benefits. 
but that was the initial claim that they marketed everything off of right and man i ran in them all the time in high school i was that kid running cross country with compression socks (laughs) like i was like i was like if this is gonna help i'm gonna wear them you know uh it's easy it's so easy to get in your own head too because like even if if you think about it logically like putting a tight sock on your lower leg like think of the mechanics of running you're using your muscles you you require oxygen to produce that force with your muscles how can a piece of fabric on your leg help it can't like it's not making you faster right but you see a study and you see everyone wearing it and talking about it and then you kind of think well maybe there is some way that that could help and like it's so easy to just be like well if it's not hurting i might as well do it because there's no way i want to give something up if it's free speed or whatever so and everybody's been everybody like i've done that with things for sure like i can't i'm sure gary can probably think of something but there's got to be something i've done that's like this definitely helps me go faster and then it just is just bs Uh, but the good thing about compression socks is they're only like 50 bucks and i actually do think they I don't think they have a performance benefit, but yeah, I think they help with recovery a little bit. I like wearing them on like long drives or long plane rides um, to just prevent my feet from feeling so like heavy and like sore and swollen, um, especially with planes and long and long trips. So I think they're good, good for that, but not necessarily going to make you run faster. And maybe that's the whole point or, or like a good point in general is that you know, for me personally, when I, yeah, on a plane or a long car trip, cause I get a lot of, I'm sure you guys do too, but like from my knees down a lot of like visible swelling and retention of fluid. I, I don't know all the science behind that, but, um, and, and compression socks helps with that. But I think maybe Garrick, like you said, like when companies go out with some percentage of, you know, performance enhancement, like a, a a percentage number of performance enhancement with the product, it seems like that's just, they're kind of setting themselves up for people being like, oh, well, I'm gonna hold you to this statistic other than just saying, you know, maybe be more vague about it. Like, hey, are your calves sore? You're gonna feel better when you wear these and you're gonna be happier. And when you fly, you're gonna be happier. I mean, that's a reason for me to buy them, that alone. You know, maybe I don't need a performance enhancement from every single product. Yeah, and I think that's a great point because the whole part is like, I guess maybe they do that because they think they're going to sell more products. But when for us as a consumer, we may have to reframe our mindset when we approach stuff like that. I know I really had to do it with compression socks. And like I said, you'll catch me with compression socks. I buy them every couple of years for the same reason. I travel with them. Maybe after a plane ride, the first run I do, I keep my compression socks on mostly because they're comfy. But I find they, they help incredibly with travel, especially flying and it reduces the swelling, but that's originally what they were designed for. They weren't designed for performance enhancement. Yeah. Someone just rigged this study, rigged semantics there, but <laughs> maybe they, accidentally just happened to get a, a beneficial result. Yeah. There was this study. They had these, these two runners and whatever. That's not the exact, but I can't remember exactly how it was, but it was pretty, like obviously like just they meddled with the data and they said, Oh, performance enhancement. And now they've kind of faded back into recovery products and travel products. Like they were supposed to, but for two years, everybody freaking wore them. Yeah. You're right. The messaging around it has kind of changed, which is a good thing. 
Okay, exactly. so we got compression socks. From there, the next logical step is to go to compression boots, which are – I don't think anybody actually ever claimed that those are better for performance. They're just straight-up recovery product, and they're basically compression socks times a 1,000 because they right. compress the entire legs, and they're, like, way tighter. Um, I think we've all tried them here. I've tried them. They're it's it's it feels like you wore compression socks all day after you like use them for a few minutes. Right. Um, so that's a pretty cool product. Uh, Leslie, I know you use those pretty frequently. What do you use them for, and what do you find they help with? I do, and when it comes to the recovery boots, I really how do I say this? When I when I'm sitting on the couch and I and like my legs are tired and they kind of hurt. And I kind of want Ryan to like give me a calf massage, but he probably is going to like not do that great of a job. And that's fair enough. He's had a long day too. And I just am like, oh, I just need like something. And I put those on and they make me feel better. And yeah. my legs feel better after I use them. And I know that seems kind of like, I mean, that's far from a scientific approach to evaluating them, but I don't really care because I think that they feel good and um, they, they make me feel better and happier. And then I sleep better. I'm assuming when I'm happier and I feel better in the morning when I sleep better. So yeah. I think it's kind of one of those things where I don't even really care what the data is on them. I just yeah. know they make me feel better. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's exactly what you want. Like, even if it's literally just doing absolutely nothing, but making you think that, oh, this is great and I'm going to sleep. That's, that's good. But they actually do do something because they will help flush a lot of the fluids out of your legs. Um, yeah, honestly, like I'm wondering now, like I get like same as you, like kind of sore legs and kind of like jumpy legs almost when I've been mm -hmm. training, my legs are just like restless. And I wonder if something like that would actually really help to kind of just it, slow it, me it down. Does, it does help me. And I will tell you, it helps me with that. And then also, because we talked about travel, when I don't wear any compression or even when I do and I get home and I don't know, it just seems like the swelling kind of goes up, you know, after you get off the plane, that is the most satisfying time to use the boots because it just, you can just feel and see the fluid just coming out of your legs. So I'm a big fan just from my own empirical study for myself. I'm a big fan. And, you know, you touched on something that's like awesome. Something I want to talk about so badly about this is the difference between like scientific study and then your own personal experience. If you're throwing these on and it's helping you relax and it's forcing you to do absolutely nothing and then you get to sleep after, that is perfect. Yeah. That is exactly what you want in a recovery product. If it makes you just chill out and get it done, I... I've worn the boots a few times um, and I've fallen asleep in them before, even though <laughs> sometimes they're like super compressive, <laughs> Yeah. but like, isn't that enough as an athlete? Like what else do you want in a recovery product? You know, like you can lay down and put your legs up, but it's, if you feel that much better coming out of a product, I don't care if it worked or it didn't work physiologically or scientifically, because there's only so much limit to statistical significance that you can measure in something. Yeah. Isn't that what you want? So at the end of the day, I think people thought we were going to come on here and just like, cause we said scams and just bash <laughs> everything. 
<laughs> where like, it's not true, you know, like we're, we're at a high performance level. We're looking for those marginal gains and it's how much do you value every gain, right? So yeah. you can't put a number on that. It could be a huge percentage point, you know, but you're just not sure because you can't measure it. But if you took that away from you, all of a sudden you don't feel the same in training and maybe you, you get run down more and then it just builds and it stacks on top of each other. And then all of a sudden you're like, I just got to take a week off because, yeah. you know, because I didn't recover like I should. I didn't have my 15 minutes of sitting down in the boots and then my good night's sleep followed by that, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sure. Nailed it. Um, okay. Next we got, there's a million things we could talk about. We're not going to talk about every single thing, but uh, no recovery products. I mean, there's lots of similar things. Like there's a, those little like plastic things that you scrape along your calves that Gwen Jorgensen thinks is all great. And yeah. it probably falls into the same category. If it makes you feel better, that's great. It's not going to make you run faster. Uh, yeah. So the, the big thing about that's the sidekick that you're talking about. Yeah. So the big thing about that is, so you have like fascia, running around your muscles, um, like a layer of fascia. And what it does is it gets stuck to the skin and in theory, or, and, and it can get stuck to the muscle fibers. This is what I've been told. Uh, and in theory, what that does is it separates it. So if you ever like pinched your skin and like ran across it and it feels like crackly almost, yeah, that's like, you're like breaking up the, the like the fascia there. Have you ever like started doing like a hard pickup on the run and then you, your quads feel like at the surface really tight and it's like it's almost like pulling on your skin that's probably the fashion like i've had that before i don't know yes i've but never thought about it how you just described it but yes yeah yeah so that's probably fashion too because you just haven't like moved in that way mm-hmm. and you know again is it the end of the world if your fascia is stuck to your skin a bit it probably isn't going to change your performance but it might not be comfortable and it might be nice to get rid of that and I think that that brings up cupping, right? Cause that's yeah. similar. And I think maybe body work in general is something yeah. to touch on. Yeah. Um, like I, rolling and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I just, I mean, or even just going and getting a standard massage, it doesn't even have to be a sport specific massage or for a particular muscle that's injured. I, I know for me, I, I should go more because even if I can't say, oh, it fixed this it fixed this exact problem that I'm having or this sore muscle, which it does often. I, I'm a big believer that just stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system, which is massage is huge for that, is just healthy in general. And it kind of goes back to what I said too. Like if I can go to a massage at, you know, 4 p.m. after training and it just, my nervous system is calmer and I'm calmer the rest of the night. And I just, and I get good sleep uh, to me, Again, we're, none of us are claiming to be experts on this, but to me, that just seems like that has to be good for me and that has to help my recovery. Yeah. And just for those who are maybe not um, physiologists, what is this parasympathetic nervous system? Oh, well. This is a quiz, like just, you know, in layman's terms. So, so to put it simply, because I'm also reading a book that talks about this and, and it's very info everyone can look up, but um, so 
from my understanding, you have the sympathetic part of your nervous system and the parasympathetic and the sympathetic part is like the get up and go part. So that's very important as well. And that's what's stimulated when you're in like flight or fight. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, flight, yeah. Or when you're training, probably, right? Just when you're or flight. Or when you're that's what I was gonna say. It kind of gets, you know, adrenaline when you're training. Like you need that get up and go part. But then you need to balance it out with also relaxation. And a lot of times when I get a massage, I can like hear my stomach growling a little bit. And that's a really good sign that you've stimulated that part of your nervous system. Nice. It's more the like rest and digest. Um yeah system that you're in then. So I just don't see, again, I don't need a specific sports benefit from that to know that it's good for me overall. For sure. Yeah. And another, just to touch on that a little more, like I'm sure everybody's felt it where you do a race or time trial or just a great workout with loud music and you're all hyped up. And then after the workout, you're still like vibrating almost. You're just like jacked up. And that means, yeah, your sympathetic nervous system has not been turned off yet. So something like massage or things like that help and some people and everyone's different like you know some days I get up and I'm like I can't get myself freaking going in this workout and like I almost need the opposite I need to just like get my adrenaline going Um, but understanding those two systems is probably something really helpful just for anybody and understanding recovery and um, you know when something might be helpful so it's definitely good that you you know when that's turning on and off and that massage helps you with that i think everybody would probably be helped with that with a massage just relaxing unless you're like i don't know not enjoying it it's too painful (laughs) right and that's the thing too is i went to a massage therapist or i still go to her and i've gone for the past few years and she doesn't really do a crazy deep sports massage which sometimes i kind of want that and it feels good but whatever she does i just know when i leave there I'm just, I've taken it down a few notches and I try to stay there for the rest of the night. And I, I just find it to be very beneficial. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So yeah, we touched on massage and that can kind of lead us into like, um, other treatments and stuff. So treatments like Cairo physio, um, what else is along those, um, like sports therapy or what's, what's it called? Um, athletic therapy. Um, those are all pretty legit. I mean, those people have training. Um, so in that sense, they know what they're doing at least they should. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you go to a chiropractor, they'll tell you, you have to go like every week to get benefit for the rest of your life. And it's kind of, you know, do you really have to go to a chiropractor every week for the rest of your life to get like your maximum body potential? Um, so that's where some judgment comes in and kind of, chiropractic it's funny chiropractors i find there's there's a big range uh like i've been to quite a few and i think most of them if you're going to go to a chiropractor as an athlete go to one with a lot of experience in sports because they they understand it and usually they can kind of approach it a more like wholesome whole body approach where sometimes you go to um maybe a less reputable chiropractor uh, and they're, they're like, you know, I'll crack your back and it'll solve all your worries and everything is rooted. Life. <laughs> yeah. Everything is rooted in perfect alignment of, uh, your bones and it's going to heal. That's going to heal your soliest pain. 
Uh, and then other chiropractors are like, you know what, we're going to run stim. We're going to run laser. We're going to do, um, we're going to throw the boots on there, like the, and the cold therapy, and we're going to work it out and then we'll align your back. And like, they kind of approach it more as like a, something you, you get as a physio, but like a bit more than you get as a physio. Sometimes even the physios will be like, we need to give you this finger exercise to strengthen your finger. And then you're <laughs> like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think you just need to go to anybody reputable uh, yeah. and someone with experience because they, they all know what they're doing across really all of that. If you can get into a, um, if you can go to an athletic therapist, you know, like they did almost eight years of schooling specific to sports therapy. Uh, so they're good. They, they're really good at like acute medicine right there and taking care of that. And then kind of strengthening, strengthening you back up as well. Uh, I know as a college athlete, I used to go to our athletic therapist and she was amazing. Better treatment than I got anywhere else. I was on a pro panel and I said that, and I was sitting next to a chiropractic student and um, yeah, people did not take it really well, but I just think if you go to someone incredibly specific to sports right. and who is trained specifically to train athlete or to heal athletes, yeah, you're probably going to get a better result out of that. But for the average athlete, sometimes it's not covered under insurance, which can get right. costly. Yeah, and, and I think that brings up a good point in that realm of cost because yeah, some insurance plans, and again, you guys are Canadian, so it's probably a little bit different, but some insurance plans cover that sort of thing. Some don't. And, and to interject a little bit, when you guys say physio, you mean like physical therapist? Physical therapist, yeah. Like how, how the Americans would, would deem that person. Yeah. PTs, um, as you guys call them. Also athletic trainer is another term. Yeah. Um, but I think that on the cost topic, I think you just need to find a balance. And this is what I found is like, okay, if I'm going to this person who has this training and certification, like I'm not going to think I know more than them. They obviously know more than me and they have something that can help me. Um, I think it's just finding a balance between realizing that. And then also just being aware if you start feeling like someone's, you know, you can figure it out over time or talking to other people. If someone's just saying, oh, you need to come here three times a week because I want to bill for three times a week because you have good insurance. Or if it's someone who's like, no, you need to come three times a week for this amount of time. And then let's see if you're better. And I think that that's in that kind of realm, it's just kind of finding that balance of knowing that you don't know best, but also just kind of being cognizant that there could be a situation where someone is taking advantage of the fact that you're doing anything you can to get better. For sure. And, and asking the question of why are you there? So, um, you know, as, as Garrick said, the only things that really help you get faster are training better, eating better and sleeping better. So those three things, if you're, if you go to a chiropractor and you're not, you don't have any, you're training well, you're eating well and sleeping well, you're not, you don't have any injuries, then it's probably just, you know, not necessary. Like if it's great, if it's covered and you like it and it does the same thing, like for you, less it does, uh, like a massage does. Some people might be like, Oh, it feels so great. I just feel so, you know, much better when I leave there, then that's great. But if it's like, well, you know, I think I should be doing this and it's costing me some money and stuff, then maybe you kind of assess it, uh, right. and just say, Hey, you know, I'm going to keep training and doing what I do and wait till I actually need something. 
um, or I might need something. But yeah, as Garrick said, having someone experienced in sports is so important. Like, and having, I think having kind of a team that you trust, like it doesn't necessarily have to be an athletic therapist or a chiropractor or a physio, but for example, for me, I have a physio that I really trust and I have a chiropractor who I really trust. And they're both great with athletes. They have a lot of experience with athletes and elite athletes and they know each other and they actually work together. So I can go and I can go get a physio treatment and talk to my physio and say, Hey, you know, is this something that Cairo would help with? Is it better for physio? And they will work together to figure out like, what's the best path for me. And they're always, okay, what's the best way we can get you better. And, you know, back to hundred percent. So um, that's, you know, having something like that is huge. And if you are someone who gets little niggles here and there, it's worth looking into and trying different, trying, you know, asking friends, asking coaches to find that, right fit for you that you really trust. And then you don't go in and think, Oh man, am I wasting a hundred bucks or whatever? It's like, this is what I need and this is worth it. And let's do this and, you know, crush it. Um, Yep. And I think almost anywhere you live, you can ask around and there's, you know, you're connected to the athletic community. Yeah. Professionals, you know, it, it just over time, you can find the right person by asking around and doing your own research. I really think that. So, yeah. And I just want to, want to close this out with just reiterating, like chiropractors, awesome. Physios, awesome. Athletic therapists, awesome. Sorry. Physical therapists, (laughs) awesome. And, uh, would you say athletic trainers? Like they're awesome. And they're all really smart. They all went to school for years. They all understand anatomy, physiology, like extremely well. And they're versed in science. So they know they just come at it from a slightly different approach and it's whatever you feel comfortable with and whatever you have like the best result. in. And like Jack said, like you have your team and you have your process. So for me, when I get hurt, I know exactly what I do. Right. And it, it involves all three of those. So it does cost me a bit. Like I don't have insurance that covers any of it, but I know it's not going to take that long to get back if I get on it right away and I go through the right process with them because they know what they're doing and they're in their best interest is me and my recovery. So we don't want to, we're not crapping on any of their professions. Yeah. But exactly. No, yeah. No, of course. Oh. And I think it's one thing I wanted to say, and Jackson, sorry, if you're going to say something. No, go, go. <laughs> One thing I've always gone by, again, this just works for me and I love it. We've talked about this when it comes to sleep, training right, eating right, which we didn't really get on eating. There's no exact eating right, but just we still in general, get I think that people like to think, oh, it's the little things. Oh, this little 1% edge, do the little things, do the little things. And yeah, there are little things you need to do, but I actually think like, remember, actually you need to do the big things. Like yeah, do the big things. And you're going to be in a spot where, you know, you don't have to do a ton of little extraneous things. And then when you do them, you're just doing them on top of a solid foundation and and it's helping you that much more. So I would just say, yeah, that's one big thing I've always tried to stick to. Do the little things or sorry, do the big things so that the little things matter is. Yes. Very well put Garrick. You said that way way better than I did. <laughs> yeah, but you gave me the idea, so. Yeah, yeah I, you I, said I, it. 
but we should definitely try to get in a little bit to nutrition as well because that's like a huge thing yes and we're still pretty short here on terms of episodes so we gotta we gotta say some more stuff we gotta give garrick some more editing work um he's like no okay so nutrition let's just touch both on general nutrition and sports nutrition um first general so obviously that's something that can actually make you better if but at the very most basic level eating enough of the right macronutrients at the right times is like a million times more helpful and important than anything else in nutrition i don't care what anybody says this is one thing i will never give up on if you're eating the right macronutrients at the right time so carbs proteins fats especially carbs and proteins are the main two in terms of timing with fats. It's more just get some good fats and you'll be pretty good to go. Um, if you do those two things right and you're not like deficient in vitamins, you will be totally good to go for your training. And there's nothing really else you need to worry about. You don't need to worry about getting organic bananas versus regular bananas. Like those things don't make a difference. It's, it can make a difference in, you know, in terms of like, oh, this is great. I'm supporting like a healthier thing for the planet or, you know, it's better for me because it has less chemicals. And if that makes you feel better, that's great. But just do the basics right and you'll be good to go. But beyond that, obviously there are some small things that you can improve on, like, you know, eating a little bit less refined sugars when you're not like training and stuff. Those things are pretty obvious, but I want to hear Leslie's input on this one because- (laughs) Uh, she saw how I eat at St. George and I think you liked it. You liked going shopping with me at Walmart. And I, uh, I, I did thoroughly enjoy going shopping with you because it was fun to go shopping with someone who's just looking at all the variables for everything like I do when I go shopping. So that, that was fun for me. Um, but what I will say, and I think you, a different version of what you just said, and I think applies to how you eat is I have always thought it's not necessarily about cutting things out of your diet. It's about making sure you're getting enough of the right things in. And then I think it just kind of works itself out. So for example, and again, just, just, there's no scientific backing on this, but for example, like if, if we have a night here where it's busy and we just make a couple frozen pizzas and you know, nothing that bad, but nothing that healthy. But then we make a big salad with spinach and other greens and carrots and mushrooms and da 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 da. And 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 we make a big salad that goes with that. To me, it, I'm not saying it cancels out the crap that I eat, but to me, it's most important to just be somewhat conscious of getting the good stuff in. Yeah more than what can I not eat? What should I be eating? And then after that, it kind of comes out like Jackson with the big loaf of white Italian bread that you were eating for a long time. The huge one from Walmart. I don't know why it was a dollar for the whole loaf of bread. <laughs> there was a dollar. Like, yeah, at the end of the day, if the worst thing that can happen in a racer training is you don't have enough calories and you're bonking and it doesn't matter how fit you are because then you just can't do it. So there's a place for food like that when you're just trying to get enough calories in. So I just think that as long as you're putting in some sort of effort to get in nutrient dense food, if you're training for performance and racing for performance after that, it just becomes getting in enough of what you need. Yeah. That's put perfectly. Like very well put. Thank you. (laughs) 
Yep. And I do eat vegetables if people are wondering. It sounds like I just like, yeah, I eat Snickers yeah. and pop and that's it. And 20 eggs a day. Well, you do. now you eat vegetables. You oh. used to, you used to take your greens and be like, it's the same thing. They're just dehydrated vegetables, which kind of is true. It is true. Yeah. I still, no, I still used to eat some vegetables, but yeah, it's, you know, it is better to probably to get a lot of your nutrients from your foods. So I'm not suggesting don't eat vegetables, but, but you're like, spend let, like three hours making it like whole foods dinner and you're going to like be obsessed about it. And, and that delays your eating by three hours after your workout, obviously that's an exaggeration, but that's not good. It's much better to just throw the frozen pizza in and eat it in 20 minutes, get your proteins and carbs right away. And you're going to recover way better that way. But yeah, that's a good point to, to mention is timing. Like right after a workout, you don't want to be waiting like a long time before you're eating. You, if it's a hard workout, you want to try to get that in as quickly as possible. And that's more important than anything really. So what would be a scam in this realm, guys? Oh, new general nutrition? Oh, God. Yeah. I, call them out. I would say to me, and this might be unpopular for, with some people, I, I think any really meticulous, exact diet saying one size fits all, here's the you know, he, here's the solution to everyone's problems. I, I'm sorry, I just don't buy it because we also come from, and this gets into a lot of things, but just from some things that I've read, it's like, you think about the fact that we all evolved realistically from different places for, th from, for thousands of years, people didn't move. They didn't go to different locations. So you ate what was at your location. And so I know that's, <laughs> I'm not going to get into all of that, but I, I just don't buy that there's any one thing, one size fits all when it comes yeah. to your diet. I, I just don't buy that. And maybe I'm wrong. I, I just, I think that it's pretty individual. I think one thing everyone can agree on is getting in whole foods and nutrient dense, dense foods. Because yeah. again, like it's probably all the cavemen ate whole foods because they didn't really cook anything and there were no processed foods i mean again i, I know it <laughs> no they definitely crazy, had costco back then i gotta think like that <laughs> yeah no yeah. i exactly it's you know, i guess we could rip on keto diets for a bit if we want <laughs> we could i think what i what i kind of why i asked that what i want to touch on this and leslie is this is a perfect segue is that in every athlete ever who thinks they know who thinks they have like some sort of GI problem and they know why it is, they are always wrong. Yeah. You are, if you're self-diagnosing yourself with something, you're always wrong every time. I'm, yeah. I'm sure somewhere along the line, someone was right. Um, you know, cause even a blind squirrel finds a nut, but, <laughs> but like every time and my experience is they always go see an expert and then they're always wrong. And yeah. I'm like, I, I didn't tell you, but the best ones when it's like, yeah, that thing I ate like an hour ago made me have diarrhea. It's like, <laughs> that's not really how that works. Yeah, you're like, you're <laughs> like, like you have no idea that that's poisoning to set in at least. <laughs> yeah, but I don't no. Know how many times you've seen that? Many, many times. Okay, so that's that's general nutrition. We talked on that. We nailed it. I can't wait to hear how many people think we're wrong. Out of all the 300 listeners, maybe like two will speak up and tell us we're wrong. But um, sports nutrition, now there's somewhere where nailing the basics of it is like pretty important. I think we can all agree. Um, if you're doing an Ironman, 
it does matter what you eat <laughs> for sure. Um, so again, like we all have different nutrition sponsors and, you know, we could go into the differences between each, but the reality is like for all sports nutrition brands, endurance nutrition brands have their product. That's like not all, but most that are like, this is our sport drink. And if it has carbs in it and it has electrolytes in it, especially carbs, then that's a good sport drink. It's going to help you do your Ironman. Um, so definitely that for performance, get your carbs in doing the long workouts. That's going to help. No question. And then, um, on top of that, it's like recovery products. will have protein and carbs in them. Usually those are good. And, um, a lot of the other kind of supplements and stuff kind of along the lines of, yeah, if you feel it helps, like I take Optogen from reverse endurance, I feel like it helps me in my like interval workouts. I don't actually have evidence of that, but I just use it and I, I think it helps. So I use it. Um, but I'm not suggesting to everyone that if you don't use this, you're going to be a terrible athlete. Um, but I use it, so you should, you should try it. Well, and and I think sports nutrition products are important because the reality is, is that, you know, no one's going out to an Ironman and stopping halfway at a coffee shop with friends and eating lunch. Like, you know, sports nutrition is there for, for that, for, for while you are doing sports and yeah, there's pre-training, pre-race, post-recovery products, all that. But if we're just talking sports nutrition, there's a place for something that you can consume while you're exercising. A place for a product you can consume while you're exercising and you can consume it easily and it's measured and you can plan it ahead of time. Yeah. And I think that there's, I think that that's really important if you're trying to perform at a high level or even if you're just trying to get through a race because if you mess up the nutrition again it doesn't matter how fit you are how fast you are how talented you are i mean your body's just going to be like well this is basic nature sorry you can't you you got to stop now (laughs) so it's it's pretty all been there in like a workout at least or something (laughs) yeah yeah so i know that's kind of a very vague statement on it but but it's good i think in a lot of this stuff like Leslie, you just hit it every time. It's yeah. all just like, it's so simple. Right. Like Keep it's it simple. so simple. The The more you complicate it, the farther away you're going to get from optimal or effective performance. So yeah. just simplify it. Like make sure there's carbs in there, electrolytes. Maybe you can add a tiny little bit of protein into your yep. sport drink if you're going on a longer session, like that's really all there is to it guys yeah, make sure you it <laughs> tastes enough. good and you're actually going to ingest it yes if it's some fancy thing that's like all great for you but it tastes like crap and you don't eat it that's not gonna help yeah right and i think again it's not like any sort of diet whether it's in sports or not it's not one size fits all so just like over time try different types of calories and hydration and your body will tell you if it, if it likes it or not I, you know yeah. Again, maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but I think it's important to practice with the nutrition you're gonna use in a race. Do you need to do that every single workout? I'm probably not unless you feel it helps you. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the other one that people probably are thinking is like, why, what about electrolytes? Like, that's important. And yes, it is. But most most nutrition companies now have felt like that there's a general standard amount of sodium that's pretty good for almost everyone. Right. And- if you think like, oh, I need more salt than that, 
because I'm sweating a lot. Like you probably don't like most people do not like Garrick said, you're probably wrong. You might be right. And if you're having like horrible problems with dehydration or GI issues or something during an Ironman, then it could be worth it to get like a sweat sodium test or a sweat rate test or both to see if you're an outlier. But most people are between that, like 500 milligrams per, what is it? Milligrams per liter. So milligrams of sodium per liter of sweat. It's between like 500 and like 1200 is like vast majority of everyone. Like I'm, I'm right in there. I'm like, I think I got it once done and I was like at 1000 milligrams or something. Um, and you're going to, you're going to lose fluids during your Ironman and that's fine. Like you're not going to gain everything you lose, but that's like kind of the best rate. Like they all have it figured out that this is the sodium that'll keep you close enough that if you keep on it, you're going to be okay at the end. Um, that's kind of the general idea, but if you really do think you need more sodium, then please get it tested because I'm not an expert and I'm not yeah. going to try to get people to die during a race. So that would suck. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to get it tested and you might as well know. And I mean, at the end of the day, ever, everyone is managing a deficit the whole time. Anyways, you're managing a deficit of pretty much everything because so really your sports nutrition plan should be like, how am I managing this deficit the best um, yeah. for my body? For sure. And if you're not having a deficit, you're also just not doing it right because you should have, even in an Olympic try, you should lose more than you gain because that's the fastest way to race and the best. And it feels the best. Like if you actually take in as much fluids as you sweat out, it's, it's, I don't think like most people can't in a hot race, like you're, you can't actually absorb that much. Your stomach sloshing the whole time. You're going to race way slower. Um, right. The best way is to manage the deficit by taking in quite a bit, but, um, you know, everybody's seen that Lionel tried to replace every bit of sweat he did the one year in Kona <laughs> with just water. I think I believe it was just water. And he took in Ooh. like two liters an hour or something like that. And he, Ooh. no, I don't think it was just really? water. I don't I'm, think pretty sure, I'm pretty sure what he was drinking was just water. And then he was getting his, well, we'll have to ask him. Yeah. I'm unsure about that. Um, but I love to speculate. So we can do that. <laughs> Just well, we, 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 you should invite him to do a little recording on the side and sh- fill in on that information of what not to do in that situation. <laughs> or everything he's tried. I would love to do a podcast with him on that. Yeah. Do one of just like name the things that you've tried that have been the worst and just like yeah. the top five worst that he's done and see what he thinks those ones are. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, I'll cut this out so it's not in the podcast, but. um oh so this actually brings up a great thing on something that's not a scam like we said yay not a scam um get tested do sodium tests do blood tests to know if you're deficient in anything that's something that most pros do regularly you guys can do it too it's not a scam so no those things are real they're they're numbers they're actually there (laughs) not just a guess (laughs) Yeah. Iron. Yeah. That's a good one to mention. Like being low iron is a really like, if you have low energy, it could be low iron. Um, check that out and get that one tested and it, it gives you, usually you can get like your red blood cell count and a bunch of other things that are pretty likely kind of tough sometimes to get your doctor to actually in Canada anyways, to actually give you the requisition to get it done. Because if you're a whatever age you are athlete and they're like, Oh, you're, you do Ironmans and you're like super healthy. Like, no, you're fine. Um, that's a standard thing that'll happen with right. your doctor. But if you push hard enough and you 
cite that it's frequent for endurance athletes to have low iron and be anemic, then um, you should be okay to get that. But And there are some companies that you can buy some requisites for, and they'll even send a phlebotomist to your house to draw the blood for you. Wow. That's amazing. Do you know any in particular? Um, We are not mentioning any companies in particular. (laughs) I don't think we have, actually. No, we've been doing a good job. Well, I said I was sponsored by First Endurance, but that was it. Yeah, but um, I'm sponsored by Infinite Canada, and that's the best nutrition brand. Okay, we can move on from nutrition now. (laughs) (laughs) I I think, too, what, what you say about the blood testing is really important because that's such an objective way of looking at things because it's not telling you necessarily what you're doing wrong. It's just telling you what's wrong. Do you know what I mean? It's not saying you don't get a blood test and it's like, you're training too much. (laughs) Yeah. It's not getting a blood test almost in a good way. It's not going to solve your problems. It's just going to tell you what the problem is. And then you go from there. Or if there's a problem, it should be like the baseline thing that everyone does. And I should do it more because uh, again, even like female at altitude from what I've heard, I mean, I had my iron tested one time and it was in the teens, like scared, like really, really low. And I had people being like, how are you still even training? Which is kind of overdramatic, but, um, you know, and then, you know, I started being like, oh, maybe I do need to take those supplements a little more consistently. And that seemingly helps, but I think it's really good because it's one of the most objective ways of seeing what's going on. Yeah, exactly. It gives you that piece of the puzzle. And then between that and your coach and your training plan and just figuring things out, you should be able to see what's going on, but, um, and take vitamin D. Yeah. If you live in the North. Yes. Important. You can get it from just vitamin D or, some like omega-3 type products have it in there, but we don't get it from the sun. That's for sure. It's way too damn cold. Well, I'm swimming outside. I swim outside and I think I'm getting the vitamin D now. Is it good for my skin? I don't know. Um, I'm dealing with a really red face right now. I don't know if that's a good thing, but yeah, at Remember? least I got the vitamin D part, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And it reduces inflammation and it has been proven, uh, to help you if you get COVID. Right oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, we're going to go on that topic? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so just throwing that out there, it's been proven, but for some reason, nobody's really talking about it. Um, but because it reduces inflammation, if you do contract COVID, it reduces the overall symptoms. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like treatments, like nobody's talked about that. That's crazy. I'm sure there's lots of things that have been proven to help that just never have made any news. <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're getting, I mean, it's still terrifying. There's still a lot of scary stuff about it, but um, just like generally the treatment for it's gotten a lot better, uh, yeah. but we might cut this out anyways. Yeah, and, and if you guys want to start talking about the news, don't get me started on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, try, we try to not talk about the news. We try to like avoid it. Well, I mean, nobody wants to like nobody has fun talking about covid regardless of what their views are just nobody does so i I found that um and again you can cut this out but if like there's some you know late night talk or i don't know like jamie oliver the daily show or whatever like snippets that i like to watch but if i see it's like totally about covid i'm like "Uh, no 
can't do it next yeah i find that the freaking late shows are just dead man yeah <laughs> i can't do it anymore i used to find to they were anymore. so funny but they just have nothing to talk about anymore like yeah. since they've like moved to like like during the pandemic like away from like having audiences and stuff yeah. i find that they just don't know what's funny anymore uh, agreed and i feel like the peak was like john stewart in the daily show like i mean do you guys even know uh, what are you talking about that is. <laughs> that, I, I know who you're talking about peak. i mean he was the best and it's just it's just not been the same since yeah i think i don't know for me it slowly started to decline when like jay leno got off the air but that's a whole nother thing well at least you know jay leno yeah <laughs> And also, real quick, let's circle back to the way beginning when you said you wore compression socks in high school cross-country meets. Um, that made me feel a little aged because um, when I was running cross-country in high school, there wasn't even, like, dry fit. Dry fit came out when I was in college. So, like, the fact, like, just thinking about wearing compression in high school makes me, yeah, I just can't even imagine it. Well, well I went to, to be fair at OFSA, yeah. the Ontario Championship, like, I didn't even know him and James... And I was just starting with James as my coach in Guelph. And he's like, let's go watch Garrick do offset. And I was like, okay, that sounds cool. And we drove over there to wherever the hell that was. You came like top 50 or something, didn't you? Something like that. I was like 40 something. Yeah. Nice. But like, I was ahead of the curve with the compression socks. <laughs> like it was like pre CP or I might've had like the very first versions of like the CPs. Like I was okay. like, like that ahead was, of the time. Yeah. That was way at the beginning. Yeah like before yeah like way ahead um okay do we get back should we just do an outro or are we i was a trendsetter but yeah okay we can uh <laughs> oh last thing i was gonna say and i don't know if this is part of it is that yeah i feel like it's okay because the whole point is that we're not experts on this stuff the whole you know what i'm saying if we yeah. were experts i feel like we wouldn't give the perspective that we're trying to give and if we were experts, we'd be in whatever we were experts in, we'd be saying that that thing is extremely good, no matter mm -hmm. what. <laughs> if we were experts at compression socks, if we were like the CEO of compression sock company, number one, then <laughs> that wouldn't really be unbiased. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It would limit our perspective on it, to be honest, because now yeah. we're not attached to anything. Like we do have some sponsorships, but we try it. If we like it, like we will let you know that we like it. You know what I mean? And it doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's worth it to you. You might have a different value on something and the dollar price versus the performance enhancement. That's up to you to decide. You know, I'm not telling you you have to go buy this product because I'm not giving you numbers and figures. I'm not telling you this is going to make you 20% faster. And I think this is a good way to kind of sum up this whole episode is if anybody's pitching you the secret to making you better, it's not true it's a scam unless it's eat better eat better or at a better time or whatever eat more if you're not eating enough and sleep better and train better unless it's that yeah unless jack said it it's not <laughs> <laughs> but or it true. contributes like, to yeah, those things those are yeah or if it contributes to that but that that's like the number one performance enhancement there's there's no way around it. It's physiologically like wired into us. Eat and sleep is prime recovery. Everything else on top of that, you can't really put a, a number figure to it. So 
whatever someone tells you, it's probably, you got to take it with a grain of salt. So it could help you. A lot of stuff does help you, but does it help you that much? And is it worth it? Right. Is the is, price tag worth it? Is Yeah. Is it a big thing? And I think, yeah, the sleeping thing, we don't need to get on a whole topic of sleeping now, but that's why I don't set an alarm. I have a very flexible schedule. I have a busy schedule, but it's very flexible. And I'm fine setting an alarm to meet a group or if I'm in a certain situation, but just as a whole, I just need to sleep. And if I'm not sleeping, then and I'm sleeping poorly, which I have often on my whole life, and I'm kind of sensitive to it, then it doesn't really matter what else I'm doing. It's going to be crap. So it's got to be the, a priority. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's a wrap for We'll have to week. do a follow-up sometime because we didn't touch on a couple of things that we don't know much about, like hyperbaric chambers and cryotherapy and some things that Nick knows about and, but he's busy cause he's in Vegas having just crushed a half marathon in under 116 on an incredibly difficult course. Go oh, Nick. Um, yeah. He ran up a mountain up. and then down. Wasn't it a thousand feet of gain? And then a, it was 1500, 1500. So basically 1500 up straight uphill and 1500 straight downhill. It was nuts. Yikes. Uh, so he's ripping, but yeah, he's there having a kind of a weekend to not hopefully work too much. I mean, that guy works like crazy. So hopefully he's having a good time relaxing and he'll be back next week. Hopefully maybe. Yeah. We all know he woke up at three 30 in the morning to go swim in the hotel pool. <laughs> 10 meter pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Leslie, do you remember how we take it out? Yes, I do. I all do. Right. So if you want to take us out, Go right ahead. Peace out. 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 I got ish to do. Flying through the sky in my parachute. Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise. On a one-man mission trying to see it through.